Welcome to the Connecting Points podcast, sponsored by San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. My name is Dee Kelly, and I am so glad to be with you this day. We are looking at a couple of scriptures today, um, and they relate to the lectionary readings that have to do with June 25th, 2023. On that Sunday, I spoke on Romans chapter 6. That's the passage that begins with What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may abound? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? That passage was a follow-up to Paul's writing in chapter 5 of that same letter to the church at Rome. And it was all about sin and suffering and the price that Christ paid that we might be set free from sin. And so in the chapter 6 passage, There's this wonderful proclamation of the freedom that we have. And it's a two-part freedom. The first part is freedom from the penalty of sin. That's not to say that we don't have to uh, deal with the consequences of choices that we've made or make restitution or work at reconciliation for some of the things that we might have done for others. But in terms of the eternal cost, the spiritual cost um, of the sin we have committed, This has been taken care of by God through Christ so that there is no more guilt, no more eternal penalty that we have to uh, suffer. And it's nothing we've done. It's all been God's free gift. So we are free from that penalty of sin. But there's a second part that is equally important. And that part is that we are also free from the tendency towards sin. Now that may happen in an instant concerning some things, but typically over time, as we allow God's spirit to work within us, those habits we have or addictions we have or struggles that we have, those blind spots that we have, those ways in which we've participated in systemic issues of um, our culture or society, those things the Holy Spirit begins to work on and cleanse and purify. And so we don't have to live in that place where we feel bound by sin. There's this promise that Christ will set us free as we continually surrender ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So there is the immediate freedom, the good news that salvation comes through Christ, but there is also this purifying salvation that frees us from the penalty of sin. So that's the message of chapter 6 in that particular book of Romans. And we're looking at connecting points to Matthew chapter 10. Um, It is uh, an interesting passage, difficult in certain ways, um, but certainly worth looking at how it might connect to this Romans passage. And so once again, The passage is Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39, and I will begin reading now with verse 24. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Belzebul, how much more the members of his household? So do not be afraid of them, 
For is nothing there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, that is kind of a startling passage, and it um, it reminds me of um, the ways in which God leads us into places of obedience, and sometimes in obedience, we find ourselves in opposition to people with whom we're in relationship. And that can cause conflict and problems. Well, here, Jesus gets very personal and talks about the family relationships we have. But I also want to point out that we need to keep it in context. Matthew is writing to an audience, and Jesus is speaking to a crowd, that is living this in very real ways. The call to follow Jesus was a radical call. And it stood out against the Jewish traditions of that day and the Roman Empire of that day. This particular calling to be a follower of Christ was to set yourself up against the long-standing traditions of Jewish culture and the powerful empire of the Romans. And so it is very logical that this radical shift to naming Jesus as the Lord of your life and claiming that you're a part of the kingdom of heaven, that that would put you in opposition with family members, family members who knew the consequences of living in such a way that you didn't declare the Roman Empire to be the place of your allegiance or Caesar to be the one who was in charge, or for the Jewish people to recognize the steep and deep traditions they had with Jewish law. The message here is a message of something that is brand new 
it's good news, but it is certainly hard news and sometimes would put people in significant opposition to members of their own family. And yet there is something beautiful and powerful about this in that there is, for those who follow Christ, a freedom. A freedom that recognizes that we are not responsible for how people respond. It's startling in that Jesus says, I have not come to bring peace, yet we end each of our service asking that we would go in God's peace. But in the moment, as he speaks to the disciples and as Matthew writes the gospel, there is a oppositional nature that is taking place with the good news. And sometimes that's the case until ultimately peace rules on this earth. But we've not reached that time with full peace. I do find it wonderful and graceful, though a bit startling, as the passage in Matthew says, those things that have been said in secret will be shouted from the housetops, will be spoken of openly. I actually think that that's merciful. I think secrets often keep us imprisoned. I think that um, we often hide behind cloaks of secrecy when in fact the truth is what sets us free. And I believe that sometimes even when the truth is painful, it is God's great grace that comes into those moments and gives us forgiveness and takes away our shame and claims us as God's own. All of that, I think, is an example of God's mercy and takes us back to the promise of Romans that we might be set free. So, we are no longer slaves to sin and death, which is, in essence, the Roman Empire, which was always holding death over its subjects. We are no longer subjects of the law because Christ fulfilled all the law, we are set free. That is the message to the audience of that time, and hopefully it can be the message for us today, that whatever it is that keeps us trapped, the secrets that hold us down, the difficulties of trying to live faithfully in the culture in which we live, there is a message here that in proclaiming the truth, and in living the truth, we are set free. Set free to trust God, that God will clear the path, and that we might be reconciled in relationships, that the good news might become good news for our family members or friends. I also want to make one last comment, and that is there is a psychological term called individuation. Um, when a child grows up and realizes that the faith of his parents or the traditions of her, her parents, that he or she needs to find their own path and they may find that they choose many of the same things, but there come moments where they need to break free from what has been and make choices of their own. And the invitation for all of us with the good news is that each one of us is God's child and we can't depend on the faith of those who have gone before us 
to be our own without examining it, and if we decide, then we choose it. But it isn't really an inherited faith. It is a faith that we choose for ourselves, and hopefully we do it in community. But we have to do it in a fashion that says, oh, this is for me. And when that happens, we are set free to explore the faith that has been offered freely as God's gift, good gift to us. Well, those are some of the connecting points I saw. I'm guessing you might have seen some others. I hope you'll reflect on the passages and see where God might take your thinking in the days to come. I hope you have a blessed day, a wonderful week, and I look forward to our time together in the future. Have a great day.